that on. Move this stuff out of the way a little bit here. Good stuff. Great. Well, welcome. How are you guys doing tonight? You've made it through. Uh, survived. Yeah, another week. Okay, good. I'll be encouraged. That's good. That's good. I'll tell you what. Before we get started, let me take a minute. Let me just pray for us. Uh, not that that one didn't take. I know it did. I, I just, uh, you know, want to just take a moment for us to just still our hearts before God. So let's do that. Lord, thanks. Um, thanks that we can stop. And um, in the midst of a lot of things that are going on, we can uh, acknowledge you for who you are. We can... Uh, we can tell you that um, we're very grateful for the opportunity that you give us to, uh, to know you uh, personally. Um, Father, uh, there's so many different things tonight that are, are going on. People um, weary from classes, just schedules, from so many different things that are happening. And yet, Father, in the midst of that, you really do want to speak to us and you want to help us to understand things that will shape our lives and change our lives. Would you help the truth of your word to make sense to us that we would begin to act out of it and that we would begin to um, live in line with uh, things you say so that we could enjoy the very life that uh, you've designed for us. So give us a, uh, eyes to see, give us ears to hear tonight. And Lord, would you uh, speak very personally to each one of us? We pray those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we began a series last week. It's a two-week series. Uh, so last week, this week, it's over. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, the name of the series is The Principal Thing, and we're looking at some principles in Scripture. Uh, we talked last week how a lot of times people live life like life's just kind of random or, you know, Maybe some people get lucky, some people don't. It's sometimes good, sometimes not. And um, what's really involved behind the scenes that most of the time we don't realize are there are some principles that are going on. And when life is going well, a lot of times it's because we're living in line with some of those things. When life isn't going well, it's because we're not. And learning to kind of align our lives with those. Last week we looked at the cumulative principle, and, and uh, that one... Um, tells us that small investments over time have a cumulative effect. And so as you look at that, I mean, honestly, if you learn nothing else this semester other than that, and you just put that into practice, you'd be in good shape, okay? You know, you begin to figure out, wow, I make small investments in things relationally. I make small investments in things academically. I make small investments in things spiritually. I make investments in things in many, many areas, physically, exercise, other areas. I make small investments over time. That has a cumulative effect. If you began to really get that and live that out, I mean, that would be huge. But um, as we get started tonight, I wanted to give you a little saying that will help you as you go down the road. Because a lot of times people, I'll hear people say things like, well, now you ought to do that because that's a principle. And I think, no, it's not. And they're like, oh, it's not? I'm like, no. So little saying you may or may not have heard. It's, it's simply this. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods often change. Principles never do. See, methods are many. Principles are few. Methods often change. Principles never do. Now, to kind of help you understand the difference in that, let me, let me give you a little bit of understanding. A principle, what a principle is this. A principle is a fundamental 
primary or general law or truth from which others are derived. All right, it's, it's kind of, this is the thing, this is the principle, and other things grow out of this, but this principle is this truth, this, this law, this thing that, you know, if you violate this, if you, if you don't get in line with this, things aren't going to go well. So that's what that's about. A method, on the other hand, is a way, a technique, or a process of or for doing something. A way, a technique, a process of or for doing something. What a, what a principle does, a principle answers more of the what and the why, and a method answers more of the what and the how. How do you do it, you know, rather than why you're doing what you're doing. So, for instance, with the cumulative principle, small amounts of scripture memory over time are going to have this cumulative effect on your life. Now, methodologically, somebody could say, you know what I do? Here's how I memorize. I have little cards that I put in this verse pack and I take those out and I review those and that's how I memorize verses. And somebody else goes, not me. You know what I do? I open up my Bible and I read it over and over and over and over. That's how I memorize. And somebody else goes, not me. I don't read. Uh, I just listen to my audio Bible over and over. And that's how I memorize. And you say, which one's right? Yes. I mean, it does not matter. That's not the principle. That's a method. It doesn't matter. When you understand the principle, you can choose different methods. You can figure out there's different methods. But you want to understand the principle. You want to make sure you put the principle into work. So the principle we're going to look at tonight is a principle called the principle of the path. Principle of the path. Now, it operates in the background of life every day, whether you realize it does, whether you don't. Um, If you understand it, though, it's kind of like the one last week. If you understand it, then you can begin to leverage it so that you actually end up where you'd like to be rather than someplace you just happen to end up or someplace you regret ending up. And so that's the principle of the path. Now, the principle path has two truths that we want to learn. And so you'll just be tickled spitless when you get this because, you know, it's not that, not that difficult. First one is this. Every path has a destination. Now, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Every path has a destination. But you'd be surprised how many people don't understand this. Now, how many people have driven... Um, to the, and some of you have, I've driven. No, I'm not, I'm not through with the question yet. Uh, how many of you have driven east of here, like on the 60 freeway out, like you're going out towards um, City of Industry, you know, Ontario, out that way? You know, okay, yeah, many of you, okay. Now, I did that the first time. First time I did that was about 28 years ago, and I drove out that way, and I was cruising along there, and I started to come back, and Melinda was in the car, and we're coming back, and we're chatting, and we're driving along, and all of a sudden, she said, this doesn't look familiar. And I said, we were on the other side of the highway when we were driving. She said, oh, that must be it. And so we're driving a little bit more, and she goes, this really doesn't look familiar. And I said, it doesn't look that familiar. And she said, yeah. I said, did we turn? She goes, I don't remember turning. I think we were staying on the highway. I said, okay. And so we, we kept driving. And I said, was Angel Stadium uh, close to our house? And she said, no. I said, I didn't think so either. And so we're kind of driving along, and we realized, you know, that right back there, you had to make this other turn to stay on the 60, and we just stayed on the highway. We went right down the 57, and we ended up there. Now, you know what? We did not intend to be there, but that's where we ended up. 
There were other people that were coming there because there was a game and they were driving into there. They did intend to be there. You know what? That's where they ended up. You know what? It didn't matter whether you intended to be there or whether you didn't intend to be there. Everybody ended up there. You know why they ended up there? That's where the path went. You see, every path has a destination. Every path has a destination. Rich people ended up there. Poor people ended up there. Smart people ended up there. Dumb people ended up there. I mean, you know, <laughs> it didn't matter what race you were. You, everybody ended up there because that's where the path went. Every single person. And see, what's obvious to us in geography is not obvious to us in other areas of life sometimes. We, we look at that and we go, well, of course you end up at Angel Stadium if you go down the 57. <laughs> Anybody knows that. But you know what? We can see that so clearly in geography. But we miss it in relationships. We miss it in academics. We miss it in spiritual things. We think, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, see, I don't intend to go there. I don't intend for that to happen. I don't intend it. So if I don't intend it, that's just kind of like, you know, King's X. Doesn't matter. No, no, no. Every path has a destination. We, we want to be crystal on that, you know. How many times have you been talking to somebody? These are usually the conversations that happen, you know, after everyone else is supposed to be asleep. And, and you're sitting there having a conversation. It's usually in the dorm on something very deep and rich most of the time. And, and, you know, about two in the morning, somebody's telling you something and they start telling you a story and they get about three sentences in and you're thinking, oh my gosh. And you're thinking, I know where this is headed. And then they start telling, and they're surprised. And then this happened and you're going, you didn't see that coming. And they're like, no. And you're like, are you kidding me? I mean, like, are you just drop dead stupid or what? I mean, what is going on with you? you know, and, but they never saw it, you know, and it's, you're, you're looking, you're thinking, anybody sees that, why? Because you know, that's where that path goes. You take that path, that's where it ends up. That's, that's true for everybody. And see, we see that with people, yet often what we can see so clearly in the life of someone else, we don't see in ourselves. We look at someone else and we can go, oh, 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 I see that. But then we look at our own selves and we think, yeah, you know, I, I understand that. And, but, but it's okay because I think it's going to work out because, see, I know what I really intend to do. See, I know where I really intend to end up. Which leads us to the second truth about the principle of the path, and that's this. It is direction, not intention, that determines destination. It is direction, not intention, that determines destination. In other words, it doesn't matter what you intend. What matters is the path you're on. It really doesn't matter what you intend. What matters is the path you're on. You know, I, I found this out for myself uh, financially. I was cruising through life just fat, dumb, and happy and, you know, moving right along. And I was thinking that somehow my intentions would kind of override this principle. You know, and what I, I came to a point where I looked and I thought, wow, no money in the bank, lots of debt, and little understanding. And I thought, how did that happen? You know, and then all of a sudden I began to figure out, you know what, I need to get on a different path. And it was a painful experience getting on a different path for about three years. But, you know, got on a different path and that all changed. And I began to look, I thought, wow. 
that was painful, but it was so worth it. I think I never, ever, ever want to go back to that other path. That was a horrible path to be on. But you see, there's people that they go through life relationally, academically, financially, spiritually, where they think, I'm, I want to end up in this area over here. That's where I really want to end up. But if you're not on that path, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your goals are going that way, your dreams are going that way, your vision is going that way, your wants, your wishes. It really doesn't matter. What really matters is the direction. Direction determines your destination every single time. Every single time. So if that's true, how do you get on the path you need to get on, and how do you stay on that path? That's a wonderful question. I'm glad you asked. Um, what I thought we would do is we would take kind of the rest of our time and talk a little bit more about that. How do you get on that path and how do you stay on it? So let me give you three things I'd suggest. First one is this. Trust God, not yourself, in determining how to get on the path. Trust God and not yourself as you face decisions. Trust God, not yourself, as you face decisions. Now, for those of you that look into the Bible and you have familiarity with the Bible, one of the things you begin to find is this. There's a character in the Old Testament, his name's Solomon. He's a guy, he's like uh, a king. He's the son of the greatest king ever of Israel, David. And this, this guy, I mean, God one day comes to him and says, hey, you know what? Anything you want, I will give you anything you want. What would you like? And he says, I would like wisdom. God says, okay, you know what? Great. I will make you the wisest man that ever lived. And he does. I mean, he goes on, he writes Proverbs, he writes, you know, uh, Ecclesiastes, which is kind of depressing. He writes uh, Song of Solomon. He writes all kinds of books. You know, he's, the guy is brilliant. He creates things. He builds things. He does all kinds of things. If there's ever anyone in the world who could have trusted himself, it was him. But Solomon was wise enough to say, no, no, no. He knew better than to trust himself. And this is what he says in, in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So let's look at this for a minute. Let's just kind of unpack this first for a minute. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He doesn't say, trust your heart. Have you ever noticed people today, the great advice that's given? People say, what should I do? I just don't know what to do. People go, follow your heart. And I think, oh, that's stupid. Oh, that is so stupid. I mean, you know, if you are a guy and you ever go to the beach on Saturday, you know, you follow your heart. I will be bailing you out, okay, of jail. I mean, don't do that, okay? I mean, just don't do that. That is dumb advice. You know, you don't do that. There's people that have this idea all the time. Oh, you know what? Yeah, just follow, you know, trust your heart. No, no, no. That's not what he says. He says, trust God with your heart. You know, trust in the Lord with your heart. Not just trust your heart. No, that, no, that's stupid. Um, you know, and then he says, with all your heart. In other words, this isn't a halfway thing. You ever seen people that go, you know, I really, I really want to learn how to swim, but all they ever do is just kind of put their toe in the pool. And they can't understand. Swimming for me is just not like it is for everyone else. I think, well, of course not. It's just your foot in the pool. <laughs> you know, you've got to get in, all of you in the pool. You know, and they're like, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, that looks dangerous. And you're like, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you just, you know, you find people that honestly, if they really want to find out the things God has, 
get in, all in, all of you. And so trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then he says, lean not on your own understanding. In other words, lean on his understanding, not on yours. When you see things a certain way, but then God directs another way, lean into his way, not your way. When you think, well, this is what I think I want to do, but God's word says, no, actually, this is what you need to do. Lean in to his way, not your way. If you'll do that, what you'll begin to find is it makes a huge difference. You know, you begin to see, man, he will actually direct you very, very differently. And then he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, when we think of acknowledge, a lot of times we think of like, you know, Manny Machado hits a home run and he comes out and acknowledges the crowd. He kind of tips his hat or something. Or, you know, they're at the Academy Awards and somebody stands up and says, I want to thank, you know, grandma and mom and everyone else that brought me into the world. You know, and, and they, you know, they go through this whole thing. That's not what he's talking about here, okay? This word acknowledge, what it means in the original language, it means to recognize the person for who they are and respond accordingly to recognize them for who they are. So he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, speaking of God. Recognize God for who he is and respond accordingly. Now, to respond accordingly is simply this. You seek and submit to his will in every area. You seek and submit to his will in your life, in every area, because that is the natural response to the God who created everything, to the one who's over everything, to the one who knows everything and sees everything. So therefore, I mean, you know, that's what you would want to do. You began to do it. Solomon concludes with this very practical promise. He will make your path straight. Now that doesn't mean you just go your way and whatever path you're on, he'll just straighten it out. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is he will divinely direct you to the very best path. He will divinely direct you to the very best path. As we seek and submit to him in the areas of our life, he promises to guide us to the very best path for us. But what we need to understand is this. God's direction in our lives begins with submission. God's direction begins with submission. My question for you tonight is you're thinking about, you know, why do you hesitate to give God control of every area? of your life. And what do you fear is going to happen on the other side of that decision? What is it that you think, you know, if I really let God just have every area, because some of us, when we think that we think, I think that's really right. Yeah. I think you ought to do studies. You meant studies in there too. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And then they're like studies. You know, I understand studies, but dating, Really? That is in there too? My career? And all of a sudden, you know, it starts amping up. You know, like, oh, angst begins to rise in us. We're like, I've got to trust him with, oh my gosh, if he can't handle that and you're trusting him for things like eternity, really? I mean, have you ever thought about the logic of that? I mean, trust him with all these areas, turn them over to him. His direction begins with submission. 
when you begin to submit your life to him, say, God, I, I, I'm yours. I'm all in. Anything you've got, any area, I'm in. Then he will begin to really direct your life. So first way to get on the path, stay there. Trust God, not yourself as you face decisions. Second, choose wisely who you run with. Choose wisely who you run with. Now, I want to talk to you about two different kinds of people you run with. One, peers. You need just regular peers that you run with, people that you hang out with, that you live with, that you live close by, et cetera, et cetera. People that you run with all the time. You need good peers, but not just any peers. Um, You know, Scripture speaks to that too. Solomon, again, speaking in Ecclesiastes 4, says, Two are better than one, for they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his brother. But woe to him who falls when there is not another to lift him up. You want people that will pick you up as you're, you know, stumbling sometimes. And you want people that, you know, you're going to pick up as well. You want to look at peers that are really going to be like that. They're going to be with you. They're going to walk with you. You know, they're going to be there to pick you up. Secondly, you know, you want ones that will encourage you and ones that you can encourage. In Hebrews 3.13, he says, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You know, you want people that will encourage you, that will really spur you on, that will help you. And then you want people that will really kind of, you know, spur you on, set the pace. They'll kind of move you forward, you know, uh, with things. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, he says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not to Uh, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day draws near. So what you want is you want peers that you're running with that will really encourage you, spur you on, pick you up when you stumble, will really help you stay focused on the path that you're headed down. But if you're going to do that too, you need folks, if you're going to stay on the path and and do well, you need folks that are going to train you. And so to that end, I, I would give you some things to look for there. You need wise people. You know, uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, why would a companion of fools suffers harm? Because have you ever noticed fools get in trouble an awful lot? You know, and sometimes you think, yeah, but I'm not going to do what they do. But it's, sometimes it's just collateral damage, Okay. You, you get around foolish people, and it's just things that just happen, you know, and other people just get hurt by those things. So, you know, you want people that will train you, want wise people that will train you, so you can grow to be a wise person. Now, I can tell you how you can recognize wise people a lot of times. Usually they'll see things differently than you do. And you go, oh, really? Yeah. Because, you know, what I found is I found a whole lot of people in the world that, you know, they don't put some things together sometimes, you know, and that's what part of being wise is you understand how some things fit together. You understand connectedness. You understand how some of those things are. Secondly, you need people who, who will be willing to correct you as people that will train you. Proverbs uh, ten seventeen says, he is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof goes astray. You want to be on the path of life? Then listen when people are telling you something. See, a lot of times we think, oh, but I don't like what they're telling me. I want them just to tell me whatever you're doing is fine. 
stay on that path. You think they wouldn't be good people to help you if they told you that. They would not be wise people. They would be stupid people. You know, you don't want to just partner up with stupid people because you'll be stupid. So, you know, don't do that, you know. But instead, get people that will correct you. You know, third one, you want people that will be kind of come along and coach you. In Proverbs twelve fifteen, he says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. And this word counsel right here, it's, it's a word that really means to coach. It's like somebody that comes along and says, hey, you might want to do this like this. Or, uh, you know, you may want to try it this way. You, you may not want to do that. You know, you're, you're really going to hurt yourself like that, you know. And that's what you want. You want someone who will train you, who will come along and coach you and help you. And, you know, Victor and I were talking about this earlier. It, it's amazing sometimes how athletes are considered, you know, like dumb jocks how smart they can be because you ever notice with athletes athletes figure out like uh you know if i want to do well i want to get coaching i want to listen to the coach so they'll figure out kind of what they want to do and they'll get around a coach and then whatever the coach tells them they'll start doing that you know you see it in track you see it in in all sorts of different sports they listen to their coaches and then they go out there and they perform so much better why because they were they were willing to listen to the coach. They were willing to, to, to grow in that area. So a couple of things you need there. You need peers and you need folks like that. Who you choose to run with will largely determine the path of your life. Largely determine the path of your life. So choose wisely who you run with because that will really help you to get on the path. It'll really help you to stay on the path as, you, as you're walking through life. Third thing and um, last one on this. How do you do it? Get, the, get on the path and stay there. Join together in the mission. Join together in the mission. You know, nothing clarifies vision and kind of knits hearts together more than being about the same thing, collectively laboring together in the mission that God's given us. You know, helping people to come to know Christ and, and really love him, helping them to really uh, learn to walk with him from the heart, not just outwardly, you know, because... I'll tell you what, nothing gets more old than this. I did exactly what I was told to do, or I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And someone did, did do that, but in their heart, they're like, meh, 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 meh. you know, that is just, I mean, you know, maybe it's been you. I know it's been me sometimes where I look at that and it's been like, you know, outward stuff. That's not always taught. We want to really learn to walk with God from the heart. And then we want to learn how to really influence and impact others around us with those same things. Over and over, what you see with when you read the New Testament, like with Paul, you see that he's either mentioned with people that he's laboring with or he's mentioning people that he's laboring with. And I want to show you just a couple of passages where you see that very thing. One is in Acts 20, verse 4. And it's talking about, Luke is writing this as he's writing the book of Acts. And he's talking about Paul. And he says, and he, being Paul, was accompanied by Sopater of Berea, the son of Pyrrhus, and Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophinius of Asia. Now, these were guys from all over the place. But these were some guys that wanted to learn how to walk with God, and they wanted to learn how to do ministry. So wherever Paul was, that's where they were. 
Paul goes traipsing around. They go traipsing around with him. You know, Paul's over here. They're over here. They just go where Paul is so they can learn with Paul. And they begin to do ministry together. You see that later on, Paul's writing the Romans. And he says this. And this is a little bit longer passage. But let me read this to you. He says this. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is in Sincrea, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Also greet the church that is in their house. Greet Eponidas, my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet uh, Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are also outstanding among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, um, our fellow worker in Christ. Statius, my beloved. Greet Apellus, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphana and Trophosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, all these names that you hear every day. Um, <laughs> greet Rufus, the choice man in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Ansicritus, Phlygen, uh, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Phrygilus and uh, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with him. All these people are people who were doing ministry with Paul. All these people doing ministry with Paul. Now, what I want you to imagine is this. You know, just as God recorded this, one of these days he's going to have a record of kind of, you know, a document about the work that went on at USC while you were here. During your years here, on that document are going to be the names of everybody who labored, just like you see them here. My question for you is, what would you want people to read about you during the time here? Uh, they were a knothead and did not labor. Uh, or, you know what, yeah, they just didn't really believe that whole thing about the path. They really didn't think that principle, that cumulative thing, really mattered to them. Or would you really, you know, what is the story you want to tell? What is the thing that you would like to be able to one day say, you know what? During my time here, this is really what went on. And this is, this is the thing that God did in me, and this is the thing that God did through me. Now, some people hear this, and they think, you know what? I, 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 I do believe that. Man, I believe that every path has a destination, and I believe that it is direction and not intention that determines destination. But, see, right now, dot, dot, dot. And their thought is, you know what? I, see, just right now I can't do something about that. And it's like, then what you're saying is you're going to stay on a path that you're on even if you realize it's not a path you need to be on, which is just taking you further away from the very place you want to end up. 
Does that make sense to anybody? And sometimes we look at that and we think, ah. you know, well, you know, I, when we first got here, uh, when we first landed here like years and years and years ago, sometime right before the flood, uh, we landed here and um, we, uh, we found there's, there's this little uh, high school that's about, it's not little, it's a very large high school, but it's about uh, three miles from our house. It's called Garfield High School. And there was this teacher that was there, and his name was Jaime Escalante. And he, uh, he began, he was a businessman, but he came back to school, started teaching high school, because what he figured out was these students, most of their lives, I mean, they would graduate, and their lives would just kind of degenerate. And he watched generation after generation after generation of this happening here. And so he decided, hey... We could change this if they got on a different path academically and they got on a different life path. These guys wouldn't have to just live in the barrios and, 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 and never have a future and never have anything. They could actually have something different with their lives. And so he would get them to take these AP calculus tests and he would train them in calculus and he would, he would go through and he would help them. And, and they were, you know, I mean, suddenly out of Garfield High, which, you know, I mean, Garfield High before then, you know, like their their biggest accomplishment was we sent someone to East L.A. College or something. You know, now they were sending people to USC. Now they were sending people to the other place. Now they were sending people, you know, to all these major universities. And they was like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Well, it was this little guy, Jaime Escalante. And what I want to do is I want to show you this. I want to show you this little clip right here because he's talking to one of his students and one of his students he sees it. Jaime Escalante sees it very clearly. But, you know, he's trying to tell the student, and, and the student just doesn't quite believe him. So watch this. This is from a movie that they did about Jaime's life called Stand and Deliver. So you'll see this movie. All right, why don't we cut the lights there for a second so people can see that. That way you can see it. Yep. Didn't get out of the way. Here. He didn't sign it. Come on, Kimo. i got to put school on. Go back until he signed it. My uncle offered me a job operating a forklift. Saturdays and Sundays, I'll be making time and a half. So what? Two years in the union, and I'll be making more than you. Kimo, I don't want to let you down, but the money I'll be making will buy me a new Trans Am. No one cruises through life, aren't you? Wouldn't you rather be designing these things than repairing them? You can't even do that. They got fuel injection. Kimo, you're going to strip my gears. What's your big buddy? Orale, Kimo. Don't panic, Jenny. Just watch out for the other guy. Right or left? Where are we going? Right or left? Go right, go right! All you see is the turn. You don't see the road ahead. Most of us, as we think about things in life, we think, oh, I, I, yeah, you know, right up here, I'm just going to turn. It's just, see, we see the turn, but for most of us, what we just don't see is we just don't see the road ahead. The principle of the path is operating in your life every minute of every day. Each path has a destination. 
It is your direction, not your intention, that determines destination. So my hope for you is simply this, that by understanding this, you can begin to develop the wisdom and you can begin to develop the courage to move towards the path that's really going to take you to where you want to end up in things and not just stay on the path and think, you know, well, I really intend something different. No. It is direction, not intention, that determines destination. Let me pray for us. We'll welcome the worship team back. Lord, thanks for um, principles in your word, principles uh, that, God, as we begin to put them into effect in our lives, it reshapes our lives. It really makes a difference in where we end up. It makes a difference in uh, every facet of our lives. Father, that's true across the board because it's a principle. It affects geography. It affects, it affects our grades. It affects everything. But it really affects our relationship with you. So, Lord, help us to really choose wisely to get on the path, follow you, learn from you, and, and, and really discover all that you have for us in this life. And we pray that, Father, in Jesus' name.